You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Podcast. And be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 14 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week... There is no guest. Um, I have a message that I'd like to share and I wanted to just give some updates and touch base and um, I'm trying to challenge myself to share more of my story on the podcast as well. I know I dig into so many vulnerable topics with my guests and yet so often I'm just guiding the conversations and not really sharing um, what I feel like God's been teaching me and um, some of the struggles I've been walking through lately and some of the victories and just so many things. Um, so I wanted to kind of pause on our normally scheduled programming with guests this week and um, share something from my heart. And so he- here we go. Let's dive right in. Um, so I'd like to welcome myself to the show. Um, so this week I want to talk about experiencing God as El Shaddai. Last year I was pretty consistently posting kind of on a bi-weekly basis about different names of God on our Instagram and talking about them a little bit on the show as well. Um, but 2023 got off to a crazy start, and I really lost momentum with doing that. And so I want to bring back that that series or study or whatever it is and um, bring it back today with El Shaddai, which is one of the most used names of God in the Bible. Um, You may have seen it as God Almighty, Almighty God, the Almighty. Anything along those lines is talking about the name of El Shaddai. So it means all-sufficient one, protector, unconditional lover of your soul, um, all-bountiful one. These kind of all-encompassing grand names of God that talk about his almighty nature. And so that is the name of El Shaddai. And this is something, or this is the character aspect of God that has felt so personal to me so far this year. And so I want to share a little bit about why, and then we're going to dive into where we see this name first used in the Bible and some lessons that we can pull from that first use that we can hopefully apply to our own lives. So that is where we're headed over the next few minutes. Um, So thank you for joining me, and uh, let's dive in. So I want to start with um, something I wrote in my journal, my prayer journal, on March 5th of this year. And I prayed, Lord, we, the Lord and I, are in a valley together right now. Even in the valley, your goodness and mercy follow me. I see you everywhere, and I'm humbled and in awe of your love and provision. You have led me to the place I did not want to go, and yet here we are, and you are still with me and still providing. Um, So about a week before I wrote that, John and I had decided to take a break in our relationship. So if you've been a longtime listener, you've heard me on and off again mention my boyfriend, John, and we have— and we had at this point been together for about three and a half years, and it is the healthiest, most wonderful relationship I've ever been in, and I'm so thankful for him and all the joy he brings to my life and the growth, and I just feel like God is not done with our story yet, <laughs> but in about mid-February, we were just very stuck, and there were some fears and some things that 
were keeping us stuck. I mean, that's the nature of being stuck, right? And so something needed to change. And so we decided to go on a break. And um, this was re- <laughs> this was hard. <laughs> uh, in hindsight, I mean, spoiler alert, we've worked through it. We're still together. We have not broken up and things are, things are great. But, um, I, there was, there were some dark days and in hindsight, the break was the best thing that, that could have happened, um, of just this recentering and just leaning into the Lord and, um, going to the Lord with the grief and having to release it. And there were so many things I was trying to so tightly control and hang on to uh, that I needed to let go of in order for John and I to grow in intimacy and to work through some of these things and just to like move forward. Things that both of us had to release to the Lord um, that for whatever reason, we just weren't able to do when we were so connected and see each other every day and so caught up in like trying to plan and process it. I don't know. Anyway, so we decided to take a break. And in that moment, it felt like my world was turned upside down. And um, it was something John initiated. And so it came in the moment as a very shocking thing to me. And yet, if I'm like, honest with myself, like I knew we were kind of headed there. Because again, like I said, something had to change and we had to make some decisions about how we were going to move forward and if we were going to move forward. But in the moment, it felt crushing. And I really thought it was the end. And so instead of processing this break like a break and just digging in and praying about our relationship, which I did. I did all of that. But it's almost like my mind mentally went to processing it as a true breakup and the grief of that loss. And, you know, when you're facing what life will look like after something that has been so precious to you has been taken away and something that you've built so much security and identity around, when that's taken away, what do you do and how do you process that and how do you move forward? And um, that's the journey I was on. And so the the past three episodes I dropped, I actually recorded those while all of this was happening. And so I don't know if, if anybody noticed, I was a little more raw, a little more sensitive, um, got choked up very easily a number of times. And I just feel like God had made my spirit so tender. Uh, so at a little behind the scenes. You may not have noticed. <laughs> Maybe only if you watch the YouTube videos and could see me getting more emotional. Um, so over the course of the next three weeks, this break ended up being three weeks long of no communication between John and I, which is the first time in almost four years that we had not talked every day. And um, three weeks doesn't seem long now. But during it, it felt like an eternity because I didn't know when it would end. I left things very much like, I need to release this and I will not reach out. I'll wait for John to reach out to me when he's ready. And I didn't know if that was going to be one week or three weeks or three months. Um, So just trying to release that. And so during these three weeks— God showed up for me in ways that just blow my mind. And they're in these 
ways of El Shaddai, God Almighty, All-Sufficient One, Protector, All-Bountiful One, the bounty of His grace and His riches and provision that He pours out on us was so evident during this time, even though like I was crying every day. It was so hard, and yet God was so good. So this is what we're digging into today. Um, So El Shaddai, God Almighty. In the book that I love to reference, and I dig into it anytime I'm starting with a new name of God, this is always my starting place, is this book by Herbert Lockyer of The Divine Names of God. And he says, what a stimulus to faith it is to know that we serve a God who is all-sufficient, who is strong enough to overpower all obstacles and equal to every occasion. So in other words, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. And that is something I clung to as I prayed and prayed and prayed that God would restore John and I's relationship and make us stronger than ever and unite us in Him. And like these were all the things I was constantly praying and yet also having to believe. But if John is not the one for me, God is still God and God is still good and God is still almighty. And He is still working things out for my good and for John's good and for the glory of His name, of the name of El Shaddai. And so that was my process over and over. And God continued to sustain me with His peace. The sadness didn't go away, yet there was this underlying peace of like, God's got this. That doesn't mean He's gonna take me where I want, where I think I wanna go. He might take me to the places I've been dreading and avoiding, and yet He will still be with me. He will never leave me. And so the term of Shaddai is translated to mean almighty, and yet it comes from the root word of shad, meaning breast. And so this significance here shows that God is the one who nourishes, nurtures, satisfies our needs. He can quiet the restless heart. He can strengthen the weak. He has a bountiful supply of spiritual nourishment that He is longing to pour into us, that He's longing to pour into you no matter where you find yourself. So it's this idea of like a baby at at its mother's chest. And when we nestle into the Lord, we are filled with nourishment and the things we need. And that nourishment is His Spirit. We're filled with His Spirit and we when we lean into Him and He is the source of all power and all strength. So I don't know what you are walking through out there, but if you are in a place where you have just opened your eyes and you're somewhere where you never wanted to be, you're t- you're on the path that you most dreaded that caused so much fear and anxiety for you, and now you're in it by no fault of your own, or maybe fault of your own, but either way, there you are in the in the pit of what you dreaded. God is still there and He is still working, and He is still almighty. And so we're going to look at the first time we see this name in Genesis 17, 1 through 8, when God appears to Abraham. And we, we've we done a lot in Genesis with Abraham, because this is God is just revealing name after name in these early Bible stories. Um, and so 
Genesis 17 is about 25 years after the Abrahamic covenant of Genesis 12, when God first appeared to Abraham and gave him the promises of land, seed, and blessing. And so now, at this point in Genesis 17, Abraham's about 99 years old, biblical scholars think, and he still has not seen the fulfillment of the promise of a son. He still has not had a son with his wife, Sarah. And so if there's anyone who needed a reminder that God is all-sufficient and all-powerful and He can work beyond our circumstances and beyond what seems humanly possible— it's Abraham. Um, he had already tried to take things into his own hands and control the situation by having a son with his with Sarah's servant, um, which is how we get Ishmael. But God is saying, "No, I'm going to do this the way I promised I would—a son through you and Sarah." So um, I want to read the first eight verses here. So we can lay the groundwork, and then we're going to back up and kind of dig into it line by line. But don't worry, we'll we'll move right along. This is not going to be like a three-hour podcast. So here we go. Verse 1, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give you as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Mm. That's good. So Abraham, 99 years old, 25 years since he left Haran and received the first promise of land, seed, and blessing from the Lord in Genesis 12. And it's been about 13 years since Abraham had taken things into his own hands and tried to fulfill the promise by having a son, Ishmael, with his wife's servant, Hagar. If you want to dig into that story and learn more about the name of God of El Roy, when the Lord shows up in such a sweet way to Hagar— then listen to the last solo episode I did in like January. I don't know. I'll link it in the show notes. Um, So it's been 13 years since all that happened, but also 13 years since Abraham received any direct words from God. So I, I had to wait three weeks to hear even a single word from John, and that felt like torture. Yet Abraham has waited 13 years without any new fresh revelation from the Lord and without the fulfillment of his promise or any progress seemingly toward that. Um, So when we look at verse 1, this is where we see the name of El Shaddai. God starts off right away. The Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty, walk before me faithfully and blameless. So when God starts speaking, the first thing he reveals is himself as El Shaddai to Abram. Then after revealing who he is, then he instructs Abraham to walk faithfully 
and be blameless. So God here is beautifully laying the foundation by reminding Abraham who he is, who God is, and then who Abraham is because of God. So this is the first key thing that I want us to take away from this exchange is that um, the Enduring Word Commentary says it like this. I tried to like reword it and make it my own. I'm like, no, they do a great job. We're just sticking with how they explained it. That God first gave revelation and then expectation. So this is this idea that we can only do what God expects of us when we know who He is and we know it in a full, personal, real way. So my passions and desires and the identities that I am creating, you know, based on the things of this world, those are nothing if they are not rooted in who God is first. And everything about my true identity stems out of who He is. And so that's why it is so important for me and for, I mean, for all of us to dig into these names of God and really get to know Him and see Him show up for His people over and over and over because that is where our identity has to be rooted. So the deeper we grow in our understanding of who God is, the more confidence we will have to walk in who we were created to be and understand what we are created to do for the kingdom. I mean, that's good. Sorry, I'm getting excited. I just, I love that. So that is point one, that we have to understand who God is before we can understand who He has created us to be and the ways that He wants to use us for his kingdom, and he wants to use every single one of us. Uh, so, if you're confused about your calling and purpose, or feel like you're a little stuck and stranded, instead of trying to figure out who you are, just dig into who God is, and he'll make the rest of it known. So, moving on to verse two, verse two and three. Then I will make my covenant between me and you, and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down, and God said to him. And then it goes on. Um, or that's verse three. Sorry, got ahead of myself. So here God reminds and reaffirms his covenant, reaffirms his covenant with Abraham for land, seed, and blessing. So I can only imagine how these words must have been a balm on Abram's soul after 13 years of silence and just what a relief it must have been in that moment to be reassured that God had not forgotten the promises that he made with Abraham nearly a quarter of a century before. And I mean, as, as I was researching that, like I got that chest tightening feeling and kind of my eyes welling up. And I mean, even now as I record, it makes me feel so emotional because what promises of the Lord are you longing for? Is there an area where you feel forgotten because it seems like God has been silent for far too long? Like, what is the area in your life where you're just crying out like David did in the Psalms of how long, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord, must I wait? How long will you turn your face from me? And I think we all have areas like that. And if you don't right now, then walk in that and be joyful. Um and just praise the Lord for that. But I just felt that so deeply in my soul. And God, after God reveals who He is and reminds Abram who He who Abram is, the next thing He does is remind Abram that He's not 
forgotten, that God will be faithful to fulfill His promises and to reaffirm that. And so as I was reading this, I just felt this over my soul and for me and for you, that you are also not forgotten and that it may seem like God is silent and you may have been waiting way longer than you ever expected, but the all-sufficient God of the universe will never forget you. And He alone is faithful to fulfill these promises that seem so impossible. And not only will He fulfill them, but He's about to up the ante for Abram. And we'll get to that in a second. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. So focusing in on this idea of God reminding Abram that he is seen and that he is not forgotten. Um, about three weeks into this break, which you already know, and I've spoiled it, the break was only three weeks long. So March 18th, we're at that three-week mark, and this will end up being the day before John reaches out. But when you're at like the day before the breakthrough, you don't know it's the day before. That... the. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of time, of <laughs> the way time works, right? You don't often realize how close you are to the thing you've been praying for. So on March 18, we're three weeks in, and um, I was doing, I've been reading through the Bible every day. Um, st- I've been sticking with that. I know some of you are doing that as well, doing the daily walk Bible with me. And the passage for this day, um, March 18th, It was actually March 17th, but I was one day behind, so I read it on the 18th. But hey, God can even use my delay for His purpose. Um, So I got to 1 Samuel 9, 15 through 20. And in this chapter, God has directed Samuel to anoint Saul as the first king of Israel. And the Bible says that God told Samuel in advance that Saul would be coming the next day. And so I'm reflecting on this passage on March 18th about this whole idea of Samuel already knew that Saul was going to be coming the next day, but Saul is out searching for his father's three donkeys that were lost. And little did Saul know that God had already gone before him, the donkeys were already found, they were already safe, and God had selected him, Saul, to be the next king. So all of this is happening while Saul is out searching and searching for the thing that he thought he lost. And yet God had already done the work. The donkeys were home. Saul was going to be king. And Samuel knew that Saul was going to be returning the next day. And so this was just a reminder that astounded me that God is always working behind the scenes Sometimes the thing we're looking for has already been found. We just don't realize it yet, but it's already done. God's already done it. And sometimes the thing we're praying for is just one day away. And yet the day before you get the thing, you don't know you're about to get the thing. And so it's so easy to lose heart. And yet God is not silent and He's not distant and He is for you. And yet, yes, amen. Can I amen myself? I'm amening the Lord. Um, And so when I was writing about this and reflecting on this in my prayer journal, I had no idea that the next day John was going to break the silence and come back to me. And I didn't know that I was one day away from the answer that I had been praying for. And the thing that I thought I had lost had already been found. By the time I was writing this, John had already decided in his mind that the next day he would be reaching out. 
So the decision was already made. I just didn't know it. So in Genesis 17, circling back to that, we see that when Abraham gets this reminder from God and is reminded of God's name and who Abraham is in God because of who God is first, and that God has not forgotten his promises, that God has not left Abraham in the lurch, Abraham's immediate response is to fall is to, to God is to fall on his face and worship. So when Abraham's situation seemed hopeless, he was still able to give glory to God because Abraham knew as God is El Shaddai, and nothing is too hard for El Shaddai, for God Almighty. Um mm. Okay, sorry. I have to. I get like really excited, and then I go off script, and then I get ahead of myself. So, give me a second to refocus. Point three. We're picking up with verse four. As for me, this is my covenant with you. This is God speaking. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will be Abraham, for I made you the father of many nations. So here we've gotten to the point now where God changes Abraham's name from Abram to Abraham, from father of many to father of many nations. So here is what I mentioned earlier, where God upped the ante. When God gives you a new identity, it's bigger than you could ever imagine. When you are in Christ, you are a new creation. You are walking in the Spirit and able to access the full authority and power of Christ. God calls you heir, righteous, chosen, a royal priesthood, redeemed, healed, masterpiece. These things, these names that He speaks over us are woven into our identities when we are in Christ. And God sees the full picture of how it will accomplish the fullness of these names, of how He will accomplish the fullness of these names in our lives. Even though it seems crazy and impossible from our limited perspective, God can do it, and He will do it, and He will finish what He has started in you. And He will make it good, and He alone can make it complete, and He alone can fulfill these things that seem so impossible to us. But throughout all of human history, God has been in the business of doing the impossible. On March 15th, I wrote in my prayer journal, about this exact same thing. And I said, Lord, over and over, when the odds are not in the Israelites' favor, you show yourself faithful and bring about a victory that would have been impossible without you. Please do the same in my life right now. You are sovereign, good, and faithful to provide. And I pray that same thing over you as you're listening right now, that God would do the same thing in your life that He would bring about victory in the situation that seems impossible, that He would show up for you in a way that blows your mind and leaves you so astounded that God did it. And even if it's not what you hoped for or expected, that God can, is still using it and God is still working it out and He will not be finished with it until it is good. And sometimes we don't see the full picture on this side of heaven. And that's where we have to have faith and believe that He is still God Almighty, even when things look dark. And He is not finished, and the victory will be His in the end. So, John and I chose to 
fight for our relationship and not be controlled by our fears. And that happened when I released control. Like for so long, I've been trying to move it forward and get the momentum going. And when I finally released it, God did it. And I mean, I couldn't do it on my own. I tried, believe me, I tried, but only the Lord can do it. And so I'm so beyond grateful for this. And I'm just starting to see the fruit of the growth. And I'm so excited for the next chapter and where God has us and where He's leading us. But even if the outcome had not been this and had not felt good, even if John and I had decided to part ways, God would still have been sovereign, good, and faithful to provide. Either way, the story was not over. Either way, your story is not over, even if it doesn't go the way you wanted. And that's hard sometimes. Um, while I was waiting, it, you know, through those three weeks and trying to figure out what's going to happen next and trying to just release it, um, I found a lot of comfort and inspiration in this message by Jenny Allen at this year's If Gathering. Powerful event. If you did not go this year, go next year. I mean, I went virtually online. It's all streamed. It was fantastic. Um, so she shared this analogy about surfing. And she said, even if even when you see the wave coming, it's easy to miss it. You have to paddle like crazy to catch and ride the wave. And this is what the hour demands of us now, where even when we do see what God is doing, even if that does happen, where, where we see the path and we know what's next, we still have to rise to meet it. And we still have to sacrifice all of it for the Lord, release it all to Him, surrender it all to Him. And in the end, that's going to be in our best interest anyway, uh, because He is good and faithful and bountiful, like all these things, when we really believe these things about God, then it's not as scary to give Him everything because we know it's better in His hands anyway. <laughs> so what might God do if He got all of you? God often moves through risk, and that's how He draws us to Him. And I feel like in those moments where I risked losing John and letting go of everything, the peace I felt defies all reason. And I say that to boast in the Lord because there is no earthly logical reason why for the better part of those three weeks, I felt peace and calm. And it wasn't peace because I was being delusional and like, oh, we'll be, we'll make it through this because there was a very real reality that we wouldn't. And yet the peace I felt could only be from the Lord. And so I, I also want to pray that peace over you and whatever situation you're walking through, that the peace of God would sustain you in a way that makes people around you shocked because there's no logical earthly reason why you should be filled with peace other than the presence of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, so, as Jenny continued with her talk, Jenny Allen, in this If Gathering message, 
she posed four reflection questions that um, were very profound for me. And I want to share what they are and what my answers were. And I want you to think about how you would respond. So her first question is, what are you leaving behind? And I felt like in that moment, on this break, I was leaving behind complacency, coasting, and conflict avoidance. And those are hard things for me to leave behind and controlling. (laughs) I mean, yeah, and the need to control. I forgot to write that one down, but that's definitely one I need to leave behind. I was moving toward. So next question, what are you moving toward? So first, what are you leaving behind? Now, what are you moving toward? And I was moving toward bold risks, living out of who I was created to be, fearless living. Those are the things that I want to run toward. And question three, what do you want me to know? Asking this to the Lord, what do you want me to know And the fourth question, what do you want me to do? So as I sought the Lord and was praying over these questions, I felt like He wanted me to know, and He wants you to know, I am with you. So nothing else matters. doesn't matter what you lose in this life because you can never lose me, and I am with you. So Lord, if you are with me, then what do you want me to do? And all I kept hearing over and over was lean in. No matter what is swirling around you, what chaos, what grief, what loss, lean in. Lean into El Shaddai. Lean lean into his his bosom (laughs) as a shad, the breast. Just lean in, rest in, sink in, and exhale, and just rest in him. So that is what I want you to hear from the Lord today. I am with you. Lean in. And I want to close us out today by just speaking a few words from Isaiah over all of us Um, and kind of say these as a prayer. Isaiah 25.9, Lord, today I proclaim that you are my God. I'm trusting in you and you will save me. I rejoice in the salvation you bring. Isaiah 30, 18, Lord, you are faithful. You are a faithful God. And blessed are those who wait for your help. So Lord, help us to wait for your help. We even need your help (laughs) to wait for your help. But Lord, help us for you are faithful. And Isaiah 40, 31, Lord, I pray we can trust on you so that you will renew our strength. I pray that we will soar on wings like eagles, that we will run and not become weary, that we will walk and not grow faint. These are the things that I pray for me and for you, for the whole community out there today, that El Shaddai would renew our strength because he is all-sufficient, He is the almighty protector, unconditional lover of our soul, the all-bountiful one. And in Him, all nourishment, all nurturing, all good things are found. 
So rest and lean in him for he is with you. So that is what I had today. I hope you enjoyed it. I mean, it's all about God. So you have to enjoy it, right? How can we not enjoy just talking about our good and gracious Father? Um, So I will continue to pray these things over all of us over the next few weeks. And um, we'll see you next time. Thank you for being with me. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. 